power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. We bless God for this morning. Just close your eyes. Begin to thank God for your life. Just thank Him. Give Him glory. Give Him praise. Just thank Him. Thank Him for His sustenance. Thank Him for His provision. Thank Him for His deliverance. There are many things God delivers us from that we are not aware of. The Bible says it is by His mercies that we are not consumed. Just lift up your voice and give Him glory this morning. Just bless His holy name. You're going in and you're coming out is by the grace of God. The Bible says it's not by might, neither is it by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Just thank God, just give him glory, give him praise for your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, give him glory, give him praise. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Indeed, you are the King of kings. You are the sustainer of our lives you are the sustainer of our lives you are the pillar that holds our life just give him glory just give him glory he is indeed the pillar that holds your life together just give him glory give him praise you are the pillar that holds my life you are the pillar that holds my life Master Jesus, you are the pillar that holds my life. Master Jesus, you are the pillar that holds my life. You Coming forth, I pray that it will come forth with power. 
Let it bring about a shift in somebody's life. Let it bring about a shift in somebody's line of thinking. Let it bring a transformation to somebody's life. In the name of Jesus, by virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit. And I declare a supernatural injunction of any activity of the enemy. We come against any form of disruption. Pray that the word will enter the spirits of people to deliver purpose. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. We thank God for this morning and uh, we thank him for his word. I believe this morning you are ready and poised for us to delve into the word of God. Amen. So I'm on a series I've entitled the Abandoned Life Series. Um, today is part three of the Abandoned Life Series. And the whole aim of the Abandoned Life Series is to give you certain pointers, certain keys that will help you to live a more fulfilled life as a Christian and as a child of God. Amen. And so today I want to speak to you on something that everybody must understand must appreciate must trust must submit to hallelujah i've entitled this message trust the process hallelujah trust the process trust the process so i was looking for the definition of the word process and it says a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Hallelujah. The world was created with a process. Our God is a God of process. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us like shortcuts in life. We like things to be fast. We like things to be quick. But life doesn't always go that way. Hallelujah. There is something we call a process or the process that all of us must submit to, that all of us must accept, that all of us must trust in. Amen. Things will not happen overnight. Things will not happen just like that. If you take creation, for example, when I examine creation, I can see process in it. God took his time and he did things systematically. And even the order in which he did things there's some sense and some, some reasoning behind it. Hallelujah. I see Genesis chapter 1, like the whole creation thing, like somebody having to put a dark room that is in disorder back into shape. That's what God had to do. Because the Bible says the earth was without form. It was void. And darkness was upon the surface of the deep. So it's like a, a dark room that is disorderly and you want to put things in order if the room is dark the first thing you need to do is to have light for you to be able to see where this is and where that is and to be able to put it at the right place so it's no coincidence that the first thing god said was let there be light hallelujah so you realize that our god is a god of process he he goes through the motions he doesn't jump things amen and so we must understand as christians that there is something called process you don't expect to become big overnight. There is a process. There's something you have to go through. Even we human beings are naturally wired to look out for process in things. 
Even though most of the time we don't want the process for ourselves. But we look out for the process and things. Why do you think when you apply for a job, they ask you for a CV? A CV is a proof of process. Why do you think you go for an interview? It's a, it's a proof of process. They want to make sure you, you, you didn't become what you are overnight. You actually went through the process. Hallelujah. When you, you are served food you've never eaten before for the first time, sometimes you ask questions. What is this thing made of? How was it cooked? Was it just put on the sun and it became like this? Or you put it on fire? Did you boil it? Did you fry it? We are interested in process. Hallelujah. If I should give somebody a stone or let me say gold ore which looks very dirty and unattractive. I mean if I should give that to you on your birthday as a gift, you may throw it back at me because there's nothing attractive about it. It is so dirty. But if I should give you a gold bar, I'm sure you will celebrate me and say I'm a good man. But the gold bar came out of the gold ore. And the difference between the gold ore and the gold bar is process. Hallelujah. The gold ore had to go through a certain process for it to become the nice shining gold bar that everybody wants to have. So it's called process. Your outcome is as a result of the process you went through. There are different types of cars, different levels of cars. And the difference between them is process. A day car will take 13 hours in an automated factory to produce. Within 13 hours, you can produce one day car. But a Rolls Royce will take three months to produce. That's why when you put them side by side, you know that there is a difference, not just a, a difference, but a big difference between the Rolls Royce and the Deo. The difference is process. Hallelujah. So, so there is something called process which impacts on the final outcome. And as human beings, we must accept the processes God takes us through. We must submit to the processes God takes us through. And we must trust the processes God takes us through. Hallelujah. I've mentioned before that God himself believes in process. He doesn't circumvent process. He, he likes to go through process. But many of us love shortcuts. We want to get it quick. You know, when, when you have a, a lawn, you're not supposed to cross the lawn. And there is a right-angled curve on the pathway, right-angled like that. Sometimes, in order to reach early, do you know what we call the hypotenuse? You use the hypotenuse. In the process, you cross the lawn and you destroy the grass. We like shortcuts in life. Google is always giving us shortcuts, alternatives. When you want to use Google to go to a place, we love shortcuts. Shortcuts are good, but not all shortcuts are for us. Hallelujah. That time shortcuts can become very dangerous. When you look at the life of the people of Israel, when they were coming out of Egypt, there was a shortcut they could have taken. And all the 40 years in the wilderness wouldn't have been necessary. Let's read Exodus chapter 13 verse 17. There's a route the Bible refers to as the way of the Philistines. Exodus chapter 13 verse 17. It said, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that ran through Philistine territory. The King James refers to it as the way of the Philistines. He did not lead them through that main road. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. And this is the reason God gave for not leading them through the shortcut. He said, if the people are faced with a battle, 
they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Because of that, God decided, you will not go through the shortcut. In fact, we are told that it would have taken just about a few days for them to get to the promised land if they had used this route. But God decided you will go through the Red Sea. And as a result of their own stubbornness, they ended up being 40 years in the wilderness. So God could have given them the shortcut. But his reason was that, one, if they met a battle, they will give up on the way. And they will change their minds and return to Egypt. Now, there are reasons why God will let us through long routes to certain destinations in life. To certain places in life. In life, in ministry, in career, whatever. Sometimes it might look like, oh, I mean, if I take this shortcut, things will be faster, things will be quicker. But there are reasons why God will not allow you to go through that shortcut. There are reasons why God will not allow you to use that route. And for Israel, he said it's because they were not ready for battle. They were not ready for war. Hallelujah. Maybe you are quick to jump into certain levels of ministry. You are quick or you are, you are eager to gain certain levels of recognition. But you see, God wants you to go through the process because you are probably not ready for the challenges that are ahead. Maybe you are quick or you are, you are eager to start a ministry just because you feel you can preach or you have the gift. It's not just a matter of having a gift. It's about being ready and having been prepared properly. Hallelujah. You see, to be a head pastor, for example, it's not just about being able to preach. There are a lot of serious decisions you must take on your feet. Maybe for you, you can preach, but even deciding what close to where to church is a problem. So you are not ready yet. Hallelujah. You have to go through the process. Amen. Yeah, you can preach, but what if a couple comes to sit in front of you, we want, we want to divorce. What will you tell them? What counsel are you going to give to them? And these are some of the things you face as a minister of the gospel. So it's not just a matter of, oh, knowing the word and, and, and being able to preach. There are processes, hallelujah, that you need to go through. Amen. Sometimes you have to allow God to, to, to bake you through his oven. Amen. So God didn't take the Israelites through the way of the Philistines. Because one, he said they were not ready for battle. I believe the second reason God took them through that route was because through the Red Sea, which was a more difficult route, which was a scarier route, which was, I don't know, a more inconvenient route. I believe the reason God took them through that route was that he wanted to permanently take care of what was following them, which was the Egyptians. God used the longer route, the more difficult route to deal with the things following them. Look, many, many people have things following them. I'm not only talking about spiritual things, but there are people who also have spiritual things following them. For some, it's mentalities, it's, it's mindsets that need to be taken away, that need to be dealt with for them to be able to achieve what God wants them to achieve. So God will take you to a certain Red Sea. And in the midst of the Red Sea, he will drown those things and take care of those things that are following you. Hallelujah. Yeah, as I said, some of the things, they are spiritual. I, mean, I, I believe those things exist. Hallelujah. 
Some families are very, very dangerous. Some backgrounds are very, very, very dangerous. All sorts of things. And sometimes God needs to take you through a certain process in order to get rid of the pursuers. May the Lord get rid of your pursuers in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So there were two reasons. One, they were not ready for battle. I believe one of the reasons they were not ready for battle was because at that point in time, the euphoria was too high. I mean, you have been in Egypt 400 years. You have come out. You are not war. We are not battle ready. You are in the mood to jubilate. You are in the mood to be happy. So if the Philistines attacked them, right, I mean, they would have been wiped out totally. So God knows best. Hallelujah. If you realize that the most difficult battles, the hottest battles of Israel were reserved for the time when Joshua was leading them. Why? Because Moses was more of a prophet than a warrior. And I believe Joshua was more of a warrior. He was a prophet too, but he was more of a warrior than a prophet. So God delayed the hot battles, the difficult battles, to when a handing over had taken place and somebody with sharper warrior instincts was at the helm of affairs. So imagine if they had gone through the way of the Philistines that early, being in the euphoria of, you know, freedom, independence. It's like, I mean, that was like independence for them, you know, and suddenly you have to take swords and fight and this and that. They would have been beaten very, very badly. But God reserved the, the tough and hot battles for when they had gone through certain other things and their minds and their, their thinking and their mindsets were ready for battle. Hallelujah. So it's not every shortcut that is good for you. It's not every quick fix that is good for you. There's something called a process that you need to submit to. And when you read through the Bible, there are significant people who also went through the process. Jesus, for example, submitted himself to process. Jesus was God himself in human form. God could have decided that souls are perishing. So Jesus would just appear. In the first place, the reason Jesus Christ came, what he came to, to correct, had actually happened 4,000 years before he came. That was the, 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 the sin of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That was the reason Jesus Christ came. He came to correct and anomaly he came to correct a mistake that was made four thousand years before why didn't god send jesus the next day after adam and eve misbehave he could have just sent jesus christ that correct the thing quickly and let's you know all of this is a, but there is something called process hallelujah four thousand years later he brought the solution to the earth and when he brought the solution to the earth too in the form of jesus christ it wasn't immediate First of all, he as God had to go through the process of bundling himself into the womb of a woman, which is the legal entry route to, to the earth. Anybody who didn't come through a woman's womb, I don't know who you are. The only two who exempted from this are Adam and Eve, of course. But everybody else, that is the legal route of coming to the earth. God didn't say, I'm God. I'm coming to the world. The earth is mine. So I'm going to come through my own route. He decided to go through the process. So he bundled himself into the womb of a woman called Mary. And the Bible doesn't tell us Jesus was born premature. So I suppose he spent at least nine months in the womb. Waited there patiently. Like how everybody else will wait patiently and stayed in the womb. God could have said, ah, souls are perishing. Things have to be done. Okay, yours is going to be two months. So one month, two months, Mary's belly is big. She's going to push 
Jesus Christ has been born. He's born because his purpose is so powerful and there, there's so much to do. Day two, he's two years old. Day four, he's four years old. Day 12, he's 12 years old. Day 30, he's 30 years old. You are ready for ministry. Go into the well, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, deliver the demonized. Could have been so easy, but he went through the process. Hallelujah. By 12 years old, Jesus was ready to teach and preach. Because when he went to the synagogue, even the scribes couldn't stand him when he came to the word. But it took 18 years, 18 extra years, before Jesus preached his first sermon. Before he went to the synagogue and declared that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He said, this day is this word fulfilled in your life. 18 years. By 12 years, he was ready. Hallelujah. That's why I said there are certain things. It's not just about having the gift. There are other things God has to add to you. Amen. Even his baptism. He had to go through the process. There was a line and he stood in the queue. He didn't say, I'm God. And you, the one baptizing, are more anointed than you. Because the one baptizing, who was John the Baptist, had declared that the one that comes after me, even his shoelace, I am not worthy to unlace, let alone even give him water to drink. More anointed than him. But he stayed in the queue. And while he was in the queue, he was even praying. Others were just coming for baptism as usual. But the Bible said, Jesus, while waiting, he was praying and preparing himself for it. How many of you even prayed before church service? How many of you prayed before this church service? I'm not talking about the prayer time pass alpha late, but you prayed into the service. Like I'm preparing myself because I'm coming to meet God. I'm coming to have an encounter with God. But this is Jesus, God Himself. He was praying before the service. Before the man of God put him inside the water. Hallelujah. You see, water is like the word. So what I'm doing, I'm immersing you in the word. In, in the water of the word. But have you prayed? Have you prepared yourself? Hallelujah. But Jesus, while he was in the queue, he prayed and prepared himself. No wonder the heavens opened upon him and not on anyone else. So as we are all listening right now, the heavens over our heads are different. It depends on how much prepared you are and the heart with which you are receiving. Hallelujah. But may the heavens open upon your head wherever you are in Jesus' name. So Jesus respected process. Even some of his miracles, you could see process in it. When he was going to turn water into wine, there was a, a protocol. There was an SOP. First, get barrels. Step one. It's like a scientific experiment or something. Step one, get in fact the first step is actually to even believe that he can do something his mother had convinced the people that oh, this guy he can do things so first of all listen to the mother two believe what the mother is saying under such circumstances you don't have an option so you just try <laughs> and believe three after believing get barrels Use your energy, get barrels. Go and carry the barrel. Whether you have much or no, you go and carry the barrel. Four, to make it worse, add water to the barrels and then leave the rest for me. Somebody say process. So God believes in process. Jesus was a product of process. Hallelujah. And so why should we think we can just jump into things? In our careers, in our ministry and everything, there is something called the process that we need to submit ourselves to. Hallelujah. 
The difference between David and Saul was process. Saul was just picked. God's original plan for Israel wasn't for them to have kings. He wanted to rule over them himself. To the, the people he called the judges. But Israel looked at all their neighbors. They said, all our neighbors have kings. So God, give us also a king. So nobody had been prepared. Nobody had gone through the process. God said, okay, Samuel, just anoint Saul and let him rule over the people as their king. Samuel did that. No preparation, nothing. And we all saw the result. After a very short while, God's favor left him. God's hand left him because he was messing up. On the other hand, David was anointed when he was, according to history, about 17 years old. But it took decades before he finally ruled over the entire land of Israel. When he was anointed, he didn't sit on the throne immediately. He went back to the back of the desert to go and tend the sheep, to learn how to to lead the flock, to learn how to defend them. So God allowed a lion to come. He allowed a bear to come to prepare him for Goliath. Goliath came. He defeated Goliath. And when he became king, he didn't even rule over the entire Israel at once. He ruled over a portion of Israel. It was later that he was anointed to be a king over the entire land of Israel. So there is something called the process. And the results were clear for us to see. Saul failed. David succeeded. And the reason was that David went through the process. And Saul did not go through the process. Hallelujah. Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. That means Adam, Adam is the first Adam. The first Adam failed. The second Adam succeeded. Somebody said the first Adam failed by eating. And the second Adam succeeded by fasting. What was the problem with the first Adam? He became big overnight. He was never a baby. He didn't stay in anybody's womb. Immediately he was he was big. Just like how sometimes it's dangerous business, you become big overnight. A ministry, when you see people who become big overnight, sometimes it can be worrying when they've not gone through the meal, when they've not gone through the process. Sometimes as part of the process, you must go through some fires. Sometimes you mistakenly think fire is only meant to burn us. But there are a lot of things we do with fire. Fire purifies. Fire can be used as a disinfectant. Fire can be used as a sterilizer. Fire can be used to seal things. And so when God takes you through fire, there are a lot of things he's doing in your life at the same time. Hallelujah. But the fire is uncomfortable. When you take a metal, for example, and you want to strengthen the metal, it's through a process called annealing. And the process of annealing is such that you take the metal and put it in fire. Keep it in fire. Let it burn. Let the metal suffer in the fire. Until it begins to glow. The moment it begins to glow, it means it is almost reaching melting point. Then you take it out of the fire. Put it in water and cool it suddenly. And the sudden change in temperature strengthens the metal. Sometimes in the process, when God is taking us through the fire, when things are not fine, when things are not good, when things are not the best, it is a process of annealing. Sometimes when you're about to get to melting point, when you're about to give up, when you're about to lift your hands and just put your hands down and say, this, oh, God just cools the situation. He brings a solution to the situation. Just reminds you and taps you that, look, I'm still around. I'm 
just strengthening you. I'm just preparing you for, for, for the things that are ahead. Hallelujah. My prayer for you is that you embrace the process. That you will trust the process. While you are in the process, it's, it's, it's difficult. Ah, this thing, Christ, it's really, really, really meant for my good. But today I'm encouraging you to trust the process. Hallelujah. Because the one who gave you the process has the, the picture of the end from the beginning. I see the process as a tool God is using to carve out your destiny. It's a tool. The process is a tool that God is using to carve out your destiny, to shape your destiny. To carve things out, sometimes you need to cut things. Cutting can be painful. You need to chisel some things off. You need to smooth in some things. Use some paper to smooth in some things. They are all uncomfortable. But they are part of the process. Being used to carve out a beautiful destiny for you. May you submit to the process that God has in store for you in the name of Jesus. Joseph was another man who went through process. Joseph was a dreamer. Like most people are. You have dreams. You have visions. There are things you believe you can do. There are things you believe you must do. So he started having dreams. He dreamt his whole family was bowing down before him. But the dream didn't materialize the following day. He didn't know there was a long, uncomfortable process between the dreaming and the realization of the dream. Which included his brothers even hating him. His father gave him a coat of many colors. He received the coat. That was the beginning of the, the process cycle. He received the coat. A very nice coat. Which brought hatred for him. You see, when favor is upon your life, it's not always that favor manifests as good things. Sometimes favor can have strange ways of manifesting. Like you attracting hatred. It's one of the weird manifestations of favor. It's like you alone. It's like, you know, it's like God loves you more than everybody. It can attract hatred. So when you are praying for favor and God gives you the favor, have it at the back of your mind that it can also attract some negative things and be prepared for them. Hallelujah. As some of you, the favor is not coming because God knows you can't handle the negative things that comes with it. You are not ready. You have not been through the process yet. So the favor his father showed him by giving him that coat of many colors. It brought him hatred. His brothers wanted to kill him. He decided to plan, look, when we go to the bush, let's kill an animal, smear his blood, tell our father an animal killed him. And one compassionate one said, look, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. They put him in a pit. So process was beginning. I believe God needed to take Joseph through the process to deal with a certain haughty spirit that he had. When you read in between the lines, you can see Joseph was like, you know what we call a two-known little boy who, you know, is always reporting the elder brothers and things like that. I believe sometimes when they went for the sheep in the bush, they would roast on one lamb and jump. And you go, daddy, 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 daddy. My big brothers, this is what they did. And their father will rebuke them. Yes, what we call a chuka. He was chuking his elder brothers and things like that. And you dreamt a dream like this. And you believe it meant your family members will bow down before you, including your own father. Me, if I dream such a dream, I'll keep quiet and keep it to myself. But he called them, guarded them. Come, 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 come. Everybody, from where you are, come, come, and, come and stand. Let me tell you my dream. Say, you, 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 you. And even you, father. 
you will all bow down before me one day and it increased the hatred even further but you see for where god was taking him god had to deal with certain things hallelujah they say pride comes before a fall and humility comes before an elevation so before god will elevate you you either have to humble yourself or, or be prepared for god to take you through a lesson in humility so joseph was being taken through a lesson in humility hallelujah so he started from the pit being there this favored son suddenly your your coat has been taken away from you you have been smeared with blood and some strangers just come and take you they don't take you into some you just were sold into to, to be a slave in the house of a soldier called potiphar so the process was still continuing there but you see when the hand of god is upon you and the favor of god is upon you even if you are put in a pit even if you are put in potiphar's house the favor will show hallelujah when god's hand is on you, it will show no matter how much people try to suppress you no matter how much people try to 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 bring you down that favor will show once he got to potiphar's house the favor started showing again he was made the head of all the servants that is favor but then he was confronted with a temptation and that is what could happen during your process when you're going through the process temptations potiphar's wife offered him an opportunity to be in a relationship with her i mean if you're a servant and you're in the relationship with the madame of the house your food will be special you will get more meat you will be treated nicer she may even convince the husband to increase your salary so he had some gains there were some gains there are things he could have gained but looking at what he gained afterwards you realize that if he had settled for this temptation he would have shortchanged himself may you not settle for the temptations and 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 the shortcuts that the enemy presents to you during your process thankfully he resisted her and it landed him in more trouble prison because she accused him of attempted rape they put him in a prison and there the favor began to show again of all the prisoners they decided that you we are making you school prefect prison prefect so that was pp not SP. prison prefect they made him prefect, head of all the prisoners their favor their favor as for the favor you can't it's like a cock you can't keep it under water it will always pop out as for the hand of god upon the life of people unless the people themselves cause god to lift his hand off them but once the people are still in their relationship with god and they are still keeping their covenant with god that hand will always show itself they made him the head of the prisoners and in the prison he was confronted with a situation somebody had a dream or two people had a dream now somebody would have said it was dreams that caused me all my problems i dreamt and because of that my brothers hated me they put me in a pit they sold me i found myself in potiphar's house i'm now in this prison as for dreams i don't want to have anything to do with the dream so that means his gift in the beginning sort of backfired sometimes in the process while god is taking you through the process in exercising your gift it may not come with the results that you expect but that doesn't mean you should give up on your gift and neglect it hallelujah in exercising his gift it brought him trouble so he went to preach somewhere and it created trouble he went to say something 
and it created trouble. It brought about a lot of controversy. And people commented one way or the other that depressed you. So you decided that, oh, I'm not going to preach again. You went and sang. And you turned the song into a burnt offering. You burnt it. It didn't go well. In exercising your gift, it didn't go well. It probably brought you trouble. It doesn't mean you should decide not to exercise your gift again. Joseph, in spite of the fact that dreams brought him to where he was, brought him the trouble, still ventured into interpreting the dreams for them. So he interpreted the dream of the butler, interpreted the dream of the baker. The baker was killed. The butler went back to the king. And when the butler was going, he gave the butler a message. He said, when you go, tell Pharaoh that there's somebody here. Release him also. And the butler left. But I see, the Bible tells us that it's, it's, it's like the butler forgot. Years passed. I'm sure Joseph was there, was like, hey, this guy, so he doesn't even remember what I did for him. I interpreted your dream for you and now things are fine for you. You've, you are in a better place and you can't even remember your brother. But you see, there is no way that butler could have convinced the king to release Joseph. Look at his offense. He had been accused of attempting to rape the captain of Pharaoh's army. So in Ghana, it would be like the chief of defense staff of Ghana. That is a very, very big post. You, you've been uh, accused of attempting to rape the wife of the chief of defense staff. Police will not forgive you. Soldier will not forgive you. National security will not forgive you. BNI, everybody will be against you because of the, the nature and the personality of the person. So you, another prisoner coming from prison, what will you tell Pharaoh to convince him to bring such a person with such an accusation upon his head out of a prison? It wasn't going to work. So Joseph shouldn't have even bothered himself to get disappointed because there's no way that man could have gotten him out of prison. Hallelujah. But it was all part of the process. Until God created an appropriate situation for Joseph to be able to come out of the prison. What was that situation? Pharaoh also had a dream. Hallelujah. I pray that God will create a situation. God will cause machinations and things to occur for your gift to show, for your gift to, to bring you a breaking out and an elevation. God created a situation. Pharaoh had a dream. Suddenly the butler remembered, ah, there is this guy who is an expert at dream interpretation. Why? Because by this time, the Pharaoh's magicians and things, nobody could understand the dream. Nobody could give an interpretation. And a message was sent to Joseph in prison. That we need you at the palace. I'm sure he asked, what is it? They said, the king has had a, when he had dream, he said, ah, today is my day. You have brought the thing into my territory. And look at what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. So you have brought the thing into my territory. He said, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. I prophesy that you come hastily out of whatever dungeon you are. A dungeon of unemployment, dungeon of depression, dungeon of fear, dungeon of financial lack, dungeon of death. May you come out of it hastily. And he said, he shaved himself and changed his raiment 
and came into Pharaoh. The man could sense that he was on the verge of a Kairos moment. Something was about to break. Something was about to shift. Something was about to change. So he shaved himself. What is the significance of him shaving himself? It represented one, coming out of your comfort zone. And two, preparing yourself for where you are going. Why do I call Joseph shaving himself coming out of his comfort zone? Jews like hair. A lot of pictures of Jews you see, they have hair. They keep beard. They keep a lot of hair. Even the picture we have of Jesus, he has a lot of hair. When they want to depict the prophets in the Bible, hardly will they draw them without a beard. They have a beard. That is Jewish culture. They like a lot of hair. So for him to shave was like coming out of his comfort zone. On the other hand, the Egyptians don't like hair. When you see pictures of Egyptians, ancient Egyptians, most of them have, like, they don't have any hair. Especially the kings. They don't have any hair. So two opposites. So you are coming from one realm and you are entering another realm which is completely opposite. He had to adapt himself to where he was going to. So Joseph shaved himself and he changed his raiment. He came out of his comfort zone and he prepared himself for where he's going. Where do you see yourself being taken? Or where, where do you see, see God taking you? Are you preparing yourself for it? You are aiming at being a bank manager one day. Learn how to put on a tie. Because it comes with the territory. You want to be a radio presenter one day. Work on that thick accent of yours. Because if it's an English listen to those who speak on radio. The radio presenters in the English speaking. They all have a certain way of talking. So you can't go with your heavy gar or heavy airway accent there and it will work. Then go and work in a local station. Hallelujah. So you look at where you are going and prepare yourself for it. You want to get married? Prepare yourself for marriage. Hallelujah. That temper of yours that you can't tolerate anything. You always, you just want, you alone in your space. You don't want people within your space. Everybody who comes around you is worrying you. Everyone who comes around you is, is interfering with, 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 with your flow. You always want to be alone. Then you are not ready for marriage. Hallelujah. Sometimes God keeps people from marriage because they have to go through a certain process and deal with certain things. Otherwise, their marriages will be a disaster. Prepare yourself for where you are, you are going. You believe God is taking you to higher heights in ministry. How are you preparing yourself? Are you reading the word? Or you are just there just because a prophet has prophesied to you that you are an apostle to the nations and you sleep. You will be an apostle to your house members. And even that one, you have to pray for grace for them to accept your ministry. Because the Bible says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own home. (laughs) Where do you see God taking you? Are you preparing yourself for it? Are you adapting yourself to where God is taking you? What are your ambitions? What are your dreams? What are the things you put down the next five years? What do you want to see? What do you want to achieve? Are you planning for them? New Year resolutions have become cliche. Every 31st night, people write things. Pa, 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 pa. But they end up not being resolutions. They are just wishes. They are just wishes we write. It becomes a resolution if you put a plan to it. That's why there is what we call vision and mission. The vision is what you want to achieve. And the mission is how you are going to achieve it. So if the first night, 2019, you wrote, 
I want to be more consistent in the things of the Spirit. How are you going to be more consistent? If you've not written the how you want to be more consistent, it was a wish. It wasn't a resolution. I know I'm dialing people's numbers now. If you want, if, if, if you see yourself going somewhere, plan for it. Prepare for it. Adapt yourself for it. Hallelujah. A lot of people who are presidents of nations now, they saw themselves being presidents years back when you interviewed them. And they started preparing themselves. They started reading books. They started following the lives of successful presidents. It's, it's like they, they just knew it and they started working towards it. So Joseph shaved himself. He shaved himself and prepared himself and went in front of Pharaoh. He got to Pharaoh. I believe he was very confident because you see, when you know, you know. In whatever they bring, I will interpret it for them. Pharaoh finished the, the dream and he gave him an exact interpretation. And even Pharaoh accepting the interpretation, it must have been the hand of God that touched him. What was the evidence that what he said was true? If it were me, I'll wait. You said there will be seven years of plenty. I'll wait for one year of plenty to come first. And I'll say, oh, okay. And this guy is true. But immediately, immediately, God touched Pharaoh's heart. He accepted what Joseph said. And look at what happened there. Genesis chapter 41. Verse 41 and 42. Genesis 41. It said, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. From the pit to Potiphar's house, to prison, to the palace of Pharaoh. I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Next verse. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring. Remember, Joseph's process started with him losing the coat of many colors. That precious thing that he had. But when the process had come full circle, look at the restitution, look at the restoration. He removed the signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. And then look at this one. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Hallelujah. He didn't only get a restoration of the clothes. He, he had fine linen. He was, he was dressed in royal apparel. He had a signet ring and he had a gold chain around his neck. So he lost a coat of many colors at the beginning of the process. But by the time everything had come full circle, he had gained linen clothing, fine royal clothing. You see, the coat of many colors more or less put him ahead of his brothers, his family members. But this one put him in charge of an entire nation and by extension the entire world. Because Egypt was now going to become the top economy in the world. Everybody was going to look to Egypt for the solution to the famine. So he lost something that just placed him over a few people and now he had gained something that placed him on top of the entire world. And in addition, he had a signet ring and a gold chain. Sometimes during the, the process, you will lose certain things. You may lose certain people. Certain people may even leave your life. You may think, oh, this was the best person I could have had. This is the best person to have been my wife. This was the best person to have been my husband. And the person decided to leave one way or the other as part of God's process for you. You thought you had lost everything because he was a very kind gentleman and you've always been looking for a kind gentleman 
But trust me, when the process is over, God will bring another person. He will not only be kind, he will be very, very handsome, he will be very, very rich, and he will also be very, very anointed. So those are the signet rings and the gold chains added to the clothes that he lost to him. I pray that you submit yourself to the process of God. I pray that you accept the process of God. I pray that you will trust the process of God. Because at the end of the day, he has your interest at heart. As part of the process, there are times you have to go through certain things that you wish you hadn't gone through. If you had your own way, you wouldn't go through them. Certain things and certain places. Certain longer routes. Sometimes you may have to take a longer route in your career than usual. Sometimes some people come and bypass you because you use a longer route. Sometimes in, in education, some people even have to defer courses. Some people have to do ye- certain years again. It's a longer route. But eventually, you realize that it was probably part of God's process for you. There are certain things you needed to learn. There are certain things you needed to do. And there are certain people you needed to meet. Let's read John chapter 4, verse 3 to 7. John chapter 4, verse 3 to 7. John chapter 4, verse 3 to 7. It says, so he left Judea and returned to Galilee. So Jesus was trying to, to travel from Judea to Galilee. Judea to Galilee. So that was the the destination. Galilee from Judea. Next. He said he had to go through Samaria on the way. And that statement is significant. He had to go through Samaria. Another version said he must needs go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. Next. And the reason why he had to go through Samaria is coming now. He eventually came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. Near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Verse 6. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Verse 7. It says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. So the reason he had to go through Samaria was because he had to meet the woman. Hallelujah. Sometimes you, you have to go through certain places, sometimes you have to go through certain routes for certain particular reasons why was it stated emphatically that he had to go through Samaria it's because the preferred route of the Jews was not to pass through the Samaritan territory the Jews and the Samaritans were not on good terms at all they believed the Samaritans were inferior people they were unclean people so let me show you the the map of the route Jesus was moving from Judea to Galilee. He was moving from Judea to Galilee. So if you look at the map, the Samaritan territory was in between the two, between Judea and Galilee, which which is at the top. So under normal circumstances, from Judea you go through the Samaritan territory and then you enter Galilee. But because the Jews don't want to interact with the Samaritans, the route they used was that they would go through Jericho and then they would cross the sea, enter Perea, go north before they enter Galilee, just because the people were unclean and they didn't want to have anything to do with them. 
a Jew being seen talk, talking to a Samaritan was a big problem. It was an issue. Why should you talk to such a person? So that was the normal route. So that's why the Bible said, and Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why? Because there was a woman there he had to meet. It was an uncomfortable thing for him to do. Why? Because if you are seen as a Jew talking to a Samaritan, it's a problem. Not just a Samaritan, but a Samaritan woman. And not just a woman, but by a lonely well. You're going to meet her alone somewhere. And you are chatting. And not just any woman, but a woman who has a reputation with men. He said she has been with five people, five men. And the one she is with right now, that's what Jesus told him. Hey, the one she is with right now, is she's not even married to him. I mean, she had a reputation with men. And a man of God, holy prophet, he had to endure this uncomfortable situation just so he could meet her. Why? Because the woman had a purpose. The purpose was that she was supposed to be the first Gentile to proclaim the kingdom of God. So Jesus had to go through Samaria. Sometimes there are some Samarias in our lives that we need to go through. They are uncomfortable. We do not want to use that route. We wish we could use the normal route everybody used to get to their destination in ministry, in career, in life. But sometimes there's a Samaria that you must go through. Uncomfortable as it is, you need to go through it. Because it's part of God's process for you. We cannot circumvent the process. We cannot disregard the process. God has a process for everything. And my prayer for you today is that you accept the process, you embrace the process, you trust in the process, even when things are not good. That at the end of the day, all things work together for them that love the Lord. God's plans for you are plans of good and not evil. He says, no good thing will I withhold from you. His promises are yea and amen. He says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, what the Lord has in stock for you. So my prayer for you today is that you accept that there is something called a process. Don't jump for the shortcuts in life. Submit yourself to the process. Embrace the process. Accept the process. And trust the process. And at the end of the day, you will fulfill your God-given purpose and God-given destiny. I want you to begin to pray for yourself right now. You want to pray for the grace to submit yourself to the process. To trust the process. Some of you are going through certain processes right now. It may be hard. It may be difficult. You may be going through a fire. It's burning you. It's uncomfortable. But the Lord is saying it is meant to strengthen you. It is part of the process. This one too shall pass. This one too shall come and pass. It will not be permanent. No situation is permanent. Even heaven and earth shall pass away. It is only the word of God that shall last forever. Just pray for yourself that God grant me the grace. Grant me the grace to submit myself to the process. Help me to trust the process. The process. The process. Maybe you realize you, you have a tendency to like shortcuts, quick things. You want to pray that, Lord, work on my heart, work on my mind, work on my spirit. To be patient, to endure, and to go through the process. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, just lift up your voice wherever you are. You need this prayer. It is important for your realization of your God-given purpose and your God-given destiny. You need to submit to the process. You need to trust the process. 
you need to go through the process in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. Thank you for giving us an understanding of the process. Thank you for giving us an understanding that you are a God of process. We pray for the grace to submit ourselves to the process, to embrace the process, to accept the process, and to trust the process. And Father, I pray for everyone listening to me that by accepting the process, may we not miss our purposes in life. And may we reach the destinations that you have in store for us. Where we have deviated from your process, we pray that you show us the ancient paths and bring us back along eternal highways. May you bring our lives, our times, our moments back into alignment with your original plan and purpose for our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We pray for the willpower to be able to take the hard decisions that we need to take. We pray for tenacity of purpose. To be able to go through the fires and not give up on the way. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you Lord. To glory Father. To glory Son. To glory Holy Spirit. In Jesus most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. You are covenant keeping God. You are covenant keeping God. Yeah.
Information. Reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow! Overflow!